Now, whether you have a tendency to vote Democrat or Republican, there is something that we can learn from President George W. Bush. I do remember as the presidential elections were coming close, we were getting down to just the wire and the, the elections were about to happen, and what came out in the news was that he had a history of alcoholism and that there had been incidents of driving while intoxicated. And I remember that happened right before the elections were going to come out and the press had gotten word of it. And I remember he said, it's not that he was embarrassed by it or didn't want to, to come out in the press, it was that he hadn't told his daughters about it. So he and Laura had a conversation with their daughters before it came out in the press. Since then, now that he is an ex-president, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but that President George Bush has become an artist. And he is now doing paintings and drawings. Particularly, he likes to do disabled veterans, wounded warriors. He also does bike rides with different wounded warrior organizations to raise money. And it, it, you pause and you think, he does not allow that worst part of his life to define who he is or who his, he has become or what he does for others. And that's a part of what Paul is saying here in this passage in Romans, is that we cannot let that piece of us, that, that sin that defines the worst of who we are, and to let that reign supreme, and to let that sin have dominion and, and control us and for us to be slaves to that, rather we are to choose that we are alive in Christ. And it's a choice that we make every day. For some of us, we have to make it every hour just to make sure we're staying there, that we choose to be alive in Christ, that we choose to not let sin have dominion over us. Jesus has taken care of that. Yeah, we're going to sin. Yeah, we're going to mess up, but we don't live in that space where sin is controlling us and that worst part of us dominates. Instead, we choose, I'm going to be alive in Christ today. That's who I'm going to be this day. In the passage that Michael read, it says in there that we are to present ourselves. We are to offer our members to be instruments of righteousness with God. And that's the phrase I want us to talk about today. I want us to talk about this idea of what does it mean to be an instrument of righteousness. And there's multiple ways that we can look at that phrase, and there's multiple ways that that phrase can impact our lives. We're going to take a look at three different ways what that phrase means and how it impacts our lives. It's interesting to note that that word that's translated instrument can also be translated as weapon. So then it made me cause, pause and think, well, how... Are we weapons of righteousness? I don't really like the word weapon, but I, I needed to sort of investigate, well, what was that telling to us? And, and here's, here's what I found out, and here's, here's what I came up with. Think about the gifts and the talents, the spiritual graces, the spiritual fruit, the spiritual gifts that you have in your life. Think about those that God has given you that is a unique combination for you, Think about whether it's being helpful, being generous, being faithful, whether it's love or joy, whether it's a talent that you have in the business world, whether it's a talent you have with friends, whatever those gifts and graces are that God has given you, whatever those spiritual gifts that God has said, use this to further my kingdom. Think about those. And how are those 
weapons. Weapons that can stand up against that temptation of sin, that can stand up to sin, and that can help us with our relationship with Christ. If we're talking about righteousness, we're talking about right relationship with God through Christ. So how do these gifts and talents that God has given us help us with that relationship? Now here's the illustration I came up with. I will own that it is not a great one, but it's what I came up with when I was trying to think through what is it that God has given me to help with the things that I struggle with. That's what I was looking for. For several years now, when the Girl Scout cookie campaign shows up, y'all know what I'm talking about, Steve and I have purchased boxes of Girl Scout cookies to be sent to our troops overseas. You can do that. You can tell the Girl Scouts, all right, here's $10, send it to a soldier and have them receive it. That taps into one of the spiritual gifts that we have, which is generosity. Generosity to, to help the Girl Scouts to further their activities, but also generosity to those who can't swing by Walmart and pick up a box to send them. But in a way, it's also a weapon for me because it takes away that temptation of gluttony. Because if that box of Thin Mints were to be in my house, I could eat one sleeve in a day. I can go through a box in a weekend. I really can. And so while that may not be as close as having a right relationship with God, that gluttony's still a thing. It's still there. Take me to a Mexican restaurant. I can down two, two bowls of those chips easily. And so in some small way, this gift of generosity that we have helps to keep some of that temptation out of the house. Do you see where I'm going with this a little bit? So think about the spiritual gifts that God has given you. Think about the gifts and the graces that God has given you. How can those be your weapons, your quivers? How can they be those things that help you with sin and temptation and those things that threaten your relationship with Christ? In that way, you are an instrument of righteousness. Another way that we are instruments of righteousness is, we've talked about this before, about our role in bringing God's kingdom on earth. Because God's kingdom on earth, God's kingdom is wherever and whenever the will of God is done. You've heard me say that before. God's kingdom is wherever and whenever the will of God is done. Well, God's will is to love God with all that we have and all that we are and to love and serve our neighbor, correct? So whenever we're engaging in loving and serving our neighbor, we are engaging in bringing God's kingdom on earth. And that is a part of our right relationship with God. Living out our faith, doing what Jesus has taught us, is how we live into being instruments of righteousness, bringing love here. I read a story this week that really touched me. A gentleman named Jim Ford in Illinois is a repo man. He makes his living by repossessing cars when people have not paid off their loan, when they're behind on their payments. Well, recently, he went to the home of Stan and Pat Kipping. They're an elderly couple. The husband, Stan, has recently been diagnosed with early-onset Alzheimer's. He's in the early stages of Alzheimer's. And so their medications have doubled, tripled. The amount of money they are putting toward health care has increased 
they can no longer afford the $100 a month payment for their 1998 Buick Century. And Jim was sent to their house to repo their car. He says he made it a block. And he called the bank and he said, can I pay off how far behind they are on these payments? So we worked it out with the bank that he would pay several months of, of the back pay that they had not paid on their loan. Three days later, he returned to the Kippings with their car. He had had the oil changed. He had had it detailed. And he said, he did not say you're all caught up because Jim didn't stop there. Jim started a GoFundMe campaign through anonymous donors. They paid off this couple's car. They didn't have that payment anymore. But it didn't stop there. Those anonymous donators gave $17,000 to this couple to help pay for their medical expenses, whatever they needed. All Jim was supposed to do was to drive off with their car. And how many times had he done that with other families in the area, but there was something about this family that touched him. He went above and beyond. He went to the bank and said, how can I fix this? And then he, and my only image is, is that I would love to go read what he wrote on GoFundMe to see what words he chose in order to get that amount of support for this family. He called them America's grandparents. That's what he called them. He brought the kingdom of heaven into that place at that time. And not only did he bring relief for this couple, he somehow got all these strangers to get involved as well. These were people the Kippings didn't know. In that act, Jim was righteous. No doubt in my mind. The will of God was done there in that place because he loved and served his neighbor. And he enabled others to do the same. When we talk about being instruments for God's use, when we talk about a person being an instrument of, of peace, when we talk about preachers being an instrument of the word, when we talk about Paul being an instrument of God, we're talking about the ways that God uses people to further God's kingdom, the way that God uses people to bring about God's word, bring about God's love. So what if the phrase instrument of righteousness is also talking about the way that God uses us to bring others into right relationship with God? What if we're talking about how God uses us to bring others into the family of faith, into a body of Christ, into the church? Ashley Pitts usually sits up here on the front row or two, the little girl who's a friend with Ethan who comes to worship. For a couple of weeks now, she's been bringing her mother. Her mother's name is Jennifer Irving. Jennifer's been coming, but Ashley came first. Ashley's in the fourth grade, and she comes up here, and, and she comes to church. After the first Sunday that she visited, she came as a guest with Ethan. When she went home, she told her mama, I want to join that church. That's what she told Jennifer. Since then, Ashley is the one going to her mother and saying, we're going to church. We got to get up. We got to go to church. I want to go to church. I want to go to church. We got to go to church. I want to do this. I want to do this. But when I talked to Jennifer about it last week, she said the spiritual development of her child is very important to her. 
But in reality, it's Ashley that's bringing Jennifer here. In that way, a fourth grader, age 9, age 10, is an instrument of righteousness in her own mother's life. She is impacting her mother's relationship with Christ in finding a church where the two of them feel comfortable and loved and free to worship. Ashley is insisting that her mother join this church, and I'm looking forward to having that conversation with Jennifer about that. So anytime that we think God can't use me, God's using a fourth grader, God's using a 10-year-old. If we are instruments of righteousness, then God is going to use us to bring others into relationship with Christ, into a right relationship with God through Christ. We have a prayer in this church, dear God, send us the people that we need and the people who need us. The second line of that, lead me to someone I can invite to church. That is when we are instruments of God's righteousness as well. When God puts somebody in front of us and we say, hey, come on, come to church with me. I'll pick you up. Let's go. Let's go together. To be an instrument of righteousness, it can mean a lot of different things. It can mean how it impacts our own relationship with God, how it impacts our own righteousness. It can be how we live out our faith, how we help and love and serve our neighbors. It can be how we bring someone else to faith, whether intentionally or just by living our lives on a daily basis. God uses us as instruments to further God's kingdom. God uses us to further God's right relationships with us and others in our midst. Hear this word of good news. All of this is possible. All of this is possible. Paul is talking about in Romans a new life alive in Christ. We don't have to be slaves to that sin that defines the worst of us. Instead, we choose Christ every day. When we do, we are impacting our relationship with God, and that's what righteousness is, is that right relationship with God. When we offer our whole selves, when we offer our members, when we offer ourselves, when we present ourselves to God and say, God, here I am, use me, then we are instruments of God's righteousness in the world around us those that we love and serve, and those that we invite to come and be a part of this. When we choose Christ, we are choosing new life. We are living that new life. And as we live that new life of faith and righteousness, we continue to be instruments of righteousness. This day, choose to live your new life of faith and righteousness in Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.